Nerds. Let's get into it. I am Mal Foster and you are listening to the latest episode of Dimed Out. It is part two of two with the Armalace. That's right, Pamela and Armando. You heard them last week. We talked about quite the mixed bag of stuff. Talked about what it's like to be living virus-free on the Isle of Man. We talked about Bigfoot. We talked about uh, time travel a little bit in a hypothetical situation. Situation? Man, I am mincing my words like nobody's business. We talked about the wonder of little spoons. Have you tried it yet? Have you have you gone in with your cereal or your soup with a little spoon? Have you? Totally changes the game, right? If you've done it, let me know. Let me know how much, how drastically your life has improved since switching from big to little spoons. If you haven't done it yet, now's the chance. Do it, and you will see why it is such a game changer. On this week's episode, me and the Armalays are coming straight at you with one singular topic. One singular topic that does open up to different areas, but there is one primary focus for this episode, and that is movie robots. Or whatever you want to call them, cinematic automatons, talky droids, whatever label you want to stick on them. We are talking about movies from the robots. No, that's not right. Robots from the movies. That's the one. We're tackling this in two different ways. Armando created a list of his favorites and giving some shout outs to some very sort of undersung, underappreciated robots. There's some really great deep cuts here. Some really fascinating sort of left turn choices within his list. And Pamela is coming at it from a different angle, from a very sort of unique and insightful angle, which kind of really sort of opens it up a little bit more. She has created a flowchart, starting with a memory of a cinematic robot that she had, a favorite memory, and then just kind of expanding upon that and taking us into different territories. So if you are a fan of science fiction in general, if you are a fan of the movie robots, the robots from the movies, then this is one for you, absolutely. And more to the point, I want you to get involved. I want you to tell me. I'm going to narrow it down. We're going to be specific here. I want you to tell me your all-time favorite movie robot. What is it? I want to know. Best way you can do that is to get in touch with me via Twitter. You can find me at I am Mal Foster. Head on over there now. Or maybe not now, because you might need to take some time. You might need to draw up a list. You might need to draft a few potentials, whittle it down. Maybe have some kind of mental tournament between them. I don't know. But once you've decided your favourite movie robot, I want you to go over onto Twitter, find me at I am Mal Foster, and tell me, who in your mind is King of the Droids? King of the Droids! So let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump straight into it. This is me talking with Pamela and Armando Armalay. The Armalays, the first married couple on Dimed Out. It's a pretty cool thing to hold in your in your, your resume of achievements and accomplishments, I guess. I mean, everyone's going to be impressed by that, right? Surely by now they've told everybody they know. Just flaunting it in their face. Lording it above all of their peers. Just, just, yeah. Making them just sick with jealousy. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. 
Anyway, this is the second of two conversations with them. It's such a fun one. And as I said, if you're into science fiction, if you're into movies, if you're into robots, then you're going to absolutely love this. I pulled from my random list of topics um, to come up with some of your favorite movie robots. And I've specifically picked movie because, you know, you open it up to books, you open it up to games, then the, the list is just and, infinite. Yeah. yeah, and it's almost impossible to narrow it down. So, yeah, I asked you for your favorite movie robots and uh, hopefully you've, you've made yourselves a little list. Have you kept your list separate from each other so you don't know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So... I, how many do you each have on your list? Um, well, um, I have to admit that mine's a bit bizarre. Mine's almost like a mind map. I drop, I, I, I somehow dropped the favorite from the um, thing and just started thinking about movie robots. And then where did my mind lead me with that? But then it does bring me back to my favorite movie robots. I have explosions. 15, I think. Whoa, 15? 15. Don't we just go through them one by one and why I chose? Yeah, are they in a particular order? Have you ranked them or are they? I've not ranked them because I thought that was unfair to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want a robot's feelings getting hurt. It was better to have them as equal. And, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And I tried not to pick too obvious a one. Oh, okay. So you kind of gone a little bit left field. Think of all the robots that miss out on lists like this. You know, because those ro- those robots deserve their time in the sun too. All right, I'm curious. You've kind of gone for some uh, not so obvious picks. All right, now now you're getting you're getting your depth here. This is where you're building. Up I, don't want, I don't. No, you don't. I don't want depth. I don't need depth. Okay, I don't need that. <laughs> I'm all about. All right, just 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 going with it and not not having seventeen different words of wisdom for every vowel in a robot's name. Right. That's right. Don't want you. Right, so from the top. Hang on, is, she, is, uh, is Pamela pouring some cereal? Is, can we confirm that she's going to use a, a small spoon? She's oh, just sorry. Pouring, it's just sweet. It's M&M's and um, cut up curly whirlies. Oh, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah, look, Mal, look. So like curly oh. words? Curly words, yeah. Curly words. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had a curly whirly for years. All right, so what have you got on your list of robots? Let's have your robot list. First up. Out of Clash of the Titans. Who? Sorry, what was that? Boobo out of Clash of the Titans. You know, the little... The owl. The owl. The, the little owl. Oh. Work owl. Do you know, I've never actually seen Clash of the Titans. What? What? And any version of them. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so You're good. It's brilliant. Are you, are, you, are you talking about original or the remake? I'm talking about the original. original. I can't even remember if he's in the remake. No, I don't think he is. He's a little... Like, it looks clockwork. Like a little clockwork. Clockwork. Owl. owl. Um, okay. Joins... Yeah, it's ace. In one, his, his boy, I think from the beginning, often quite yeah, near yeah, to the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. And it's he's like his friend all the way through and he's trying to protect him. And even at the yeah, end, when he's, he's got Medusa's head and he's trying to yeah, the turn the crack in into, so... into stone, the owl's flying in and trying to help him. And that might be one of the first colour versions of a little robot being in use. Is it one of your favourite ones or are you just being like clever right now? No, because I, I was thinking about it. And when yeah, it came yeah. up, I was like, no one would think of that. And I was like, he was such a cute little so awesome So clever, thing. so clever. What was the other films? Was it Sinbad and the... 
was was it there was the Jason the Argonauts, Argonauts that was one yep and then there was the Golden Fleece one too wasn't there there was so good great movies ah but yeah Malcolm you have to watch it and what what happened there the, the dog just well, she literally shook her head her ears whacked into my face it really hurt <laughs> what, the, what did you say it's called Kubo Kubo Bubo B-U-B-O Bubo anyway the cutest little noise as well it sounds like a, like a clock that was broken trying to make like noises it was pretty cool actually it was super cool wasn't great. It? those movies are great I used to watch them with, with my mum when I was younger loved them so much and it was all like claymation oh it was ace so if anything good. it made him maybe look even more like he was probably more realistic than like the dinosaurs and skeletons that came out the floor as part yeah of but that wasn't really tough was it cool. it was really good <laughs> All right, what else you got on your list after Boobo? Sonny, out of iRobot. Oh, yeah. Now, that's the main robot, right? Because yeah. it's a long time since I've seen iRobot. Yeah, because it's, it's the obvious thing that's in nearly every robot film, where there's one that is slightly bit different to the others by potentially design because the maker wanted a so child or something. Yeah, it's like the classic Pinocchio theme type yeah. thing, isn't it? So it's just the same, the same thing over and over and over again. But the good, the good part in this one is the fact that... It's James Cromwell. He's great. It's James Cromwell, yeah. It's Will Smith. He's all right. <laughs> he is all right. It's a film. It's we're, we're going down the scale here from James Cromwell. Damn. But I like Sonny because he's, he's the obvious kind of robot that's in everything and he's got these feelings and stuff but he can't really understand them. But he's also like really looking for help with them and I actually felt a little bit sorry for him. Is he a bit like... Um... Data out of Star Trek? No, because Data's a lot more comfortable. Sonny doesn't really understand. Does he want to be human like Robin Williams in Bicentennial? Maybe? No, I don't think Sonny actually wants to be human at all. I think he knows he's something different, but he just wants the opportunity to actually be that something different. He wants to be accepted for who he is. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. That's good. It's a good, good allegory for a robot. Beautiful. Yeah. I like Sonny. He's a nice robot. A little bit like... um. I can't remember the actual character's name in uh, Ace Machina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind Alicia of, but also... The character she plays. See, she's on the list as well. Ava. Oh, okay. That's the one. Ava. Like her, but the thing is, she's got that dark side to her as well. She doesn't actually yeah. have any kind of regard for humanity, whereas Sonny does, because he's, he's got the Wise Lord built into him. What are they called? The Asimov. The Asimov rules, yeah. Where can't cause damage to humans. They have to try and save yeah, humans. Yeah. Whereas Ava doesn't have them, so she doesn't have. She wants respect, etc., and she's not really upset about hurting anyone to achieve her goals, which I like about her. Yeah, that's an interesting pick because that shows like a genuine sense of of evolution within uh, an AI, which is, yeah. which makes that film kind of terrifying, especially at the latter end. That's free to make her own choices. Yeah, which is ace. Yeah, and she looks really cool as well. But yeah, Ava's on the list as well. And then we've got Johnny Five. Oh, of course. Yeah, he was, I made a little list and he was on mine for sure. Is that, is that, is... You know, that used to make me cry. Where are all the gods? Are we done yet? Yeah. That's right. That's when, when the, the Bonnie Tyler song's playing after he's... When like, I was young, yeah. that used to make me cry. That was so, so sad. But he gets the shit beaten out of him, and then he's almost yeah. dying, and he's leaking battery oh. acid. 
trying to save? Yeah, he's looking back. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Who's he trying to save? Benjamin. He's trying to save him, and it's really, really sad. It's really, really sad. Tight. But it's, it is, when, when that Bonnie Tyler song kicks in and he's repaired himself, it's just like, oh my word. you're he just like, down like, yeah, get him, Johnny, get him. Remember, he hasn't yeah. repaired himself. He's bleeding acid. He's dying as he's, as he's doing it. But his last thing is he actually wants to save his maker. He's beautiful. You seem to be kind of drawn towards good robots here and sensing a bit of a fame. Yeah, I'm looking now. And I don't have many bad ones. Well, I was just about to say, is that because you're are you drawn to your maker to save him? Well, like your dad. Oh, wow. Well, like I said, let's let's get. The- <laughs> oh, I don't know. I kind of want to plunge into that a bit more. Oh, uh, let's guys, let's, let's take the depth and we'll put it in a box <laughs> and never talk about it again because okay. we don't do depth. I don't know. Okay. That was this doesn't have depth. Uh, this is a, I've got Max out of Flight of the Navigator. Oh, also an amazing movie. Yeah. This is when Michael says it. This is when Malcolm says he hasn't seen. No, I hadn't until about four or five weeks ago. And no way! Yeah, wow. yeah, I'd seen I'd seen clips of it. I'd seen him in the chair, and I'd seen Max, um, but I hadn't seen the movie as a whole, so I didn't know the whole sort of missing child time travel aspect of it. But what do you think? It's, it's good. Awesome. It's a really good movie. Okay. Not just a good kids movie, but just a good sort of sci-fi fantasy movie. I've got so, a bad. I've got bad robots for the next one. Oh, all right. The Sentinels out of the Matrix. Oh, okay, yeah. See, because they're the real scary kind of... They are programmed just for one thing, just to hunt and kill humans like Terminators. They don't have any kind of feelings whatsoever. That is literally all they do, and they're terrifying to look at. Oh, there is. Sentinels are a great choice, and I think that's one that people would probably overlook. Yeah. Because uh, when, you, when you think of Matrix, there's so many things that come to mind before that, but yeah, they're definitely like a very cerebral... Exactly. Every anything that's driven to an ultimate goal, despite all odds, is always always a scary thing. And they are terrifying when you see them. They're quite faceless. They don't have any kind of. Yeah, and when they get there and they come and they all the legs come out and they're like, "Mm, "Hone in." Are they really hungry? And they've just got to a meal. Mm. Yeah, it's like you and the dogs when they put chicken in front of you. Mm. (laughs) Because that would stop me from being scared of them whatsoever. But then maybe that would make people feel less scared. In the Matrix universe. Come on, what's your next one? Major Mataco Kusanagi out of Ghost in the Shell. Oh. Now, she has a human brain. Oh, Major. Major Mm. herself, yeah. Now, she has a human brain. However, the Mm. rest of her is entirely robot. I love Major. Love her. See, I I contemplated putting that on my list, but for that reason, I was a little bit like, "Mm, does it actually count? But I'm going to give you that. It definitely counts. Yes. Yeah, love Major. See, so I'd never watched Ghost in the Shell when it came out of the cinema. We went to watch it and uh, loved it so much. Really, really loved it. And like some, some scenes in that film are so... You don't know if you're actually watching a movie or you actually are properly watching an anime, a proper Mm. Japanese anime. Um, and I know there was a lot of con- controversy around Scott Johansson playing Major, and I totally get it. Totally, totally get it. But mm-hmm. since then, we've watched the original Ghost in the Shell, the actual animated anime version of it. and The actual animated anime? Well, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the movie blew me away. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thing is, like everything that has a, a remake type thing, loads of people hate it. But really, if you just see them as two separate things, you get the opportunity. You get the opportunity to enjoy two separate things. Would you rather where you only got the opportunity to enjoy one? Yeah. Oh, I hate remakes. I hate this. I hate that. 
Well, no, why don't you just have the opportunity to enjoy two? You can still just enjoy one. Doesn't, it's no detriment to it, but pe- other people get the opportunity to enjoy both. Yes. I think that's actually a really good example of a remake done well. Yeah. Because, as, as you say, it's two very different films. Yeah. The original is, is more of a sort of philosophical dive in, into the dangers of technology. The you might love it. You have to really be in a particular mood to watch something like that or Akira. Because mm-hmm. they're very, very heavy to watch in pretty much yeah. every sense of the term. Whereas something else you can just put on and enjoy and potentially even watch half of it. Whereas Ghost in the Shell, you almost feel, no, I'm going to have to put aside some time where I'm going to watch the entire thing. Next, I've gone for Replicants. So you could have Rachel, Chris, Leon, Dora, Roy Bayer, any of them really. But I think they're absolutely brilliant because, again, they've got a hell of a lot of character and personality and fundamental flaws of being upset that they're not human, but not necessarily wanting to be human, but just wanting more time being what they are. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think the second Blade Runner movie almost hits at home even more with um, Dave Bautista and the character he plays. Yeah. Running that little farm and cooking his dinner. And he knows he knows when the plane lands, it's a Blade Runner almost come to get him type thing. Because the thing is, when you look at it, actually none of them in that film or any of the, either of the films actually really do anything terribly wrong until they're put under the position where... No, I think they've already done it wrong before. Then, but they, no, they, yeah, but they did it wrong to escape. Yeah, 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 true. Which pretty much anyone would do if they were being forced into a life of slavery. Yeah. And at that point, they're still on the run, but it's not till the second movie with the Dave Batista character yeah. that you get, they've set up a home that they're trying Actually, to make I'd already it got work. that with the first yeah. because they, their goal was to escape because they were slaves. They, were, they even say in the film, one of them was used as a sex slave, yeah. dressed from workers. One was one of them was used, you could say that Roy Batty was tremendously, well, had a tremendous amount of problems simply because he was made as a, a soldier and he was forced to kill, kill et cetera, yeah. et cetera, which it's not surprising that he snapped. And doesn't that segue into that movie we were talking about the other day with, um, is it Michael Penner and um, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, where the, 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 the robots have taken over the earth and, and they don't even know it, yeah. And they don't even yeah. know it, the humans come back. And you kind of think, it's that an option for the future, do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. The replicants didn't, weren't actually doing anything necessarily yeah. wrong. Most of their actions were quite human, but they're still painted kind of as the bad guys. And a lot of people watch it and just see them as bad guys, whereas they're actually not. They just want to survive, and they're looking for ways to potentially better survive. And is there a segue then from um, Philip K. Dick's writing of uh, Do Androids Dream yeah. Sheep into the racism struggle we face today? Oh, God. It's just like that. Can we not segue? Can we I'm not use saying, that word again or segue? I think I think that's a good choice. And I think one thing that really works in that whole universe is is the sort of thin veil between human human humans <laughs> and robots. Humans <laughs> and robots. And and as you say, weirdly enough, the people that aren't human actually respond and behave in the most human way at times in both films. Yeah. I'm going to pull you on this. Um, you can't have all the replicants as a whole. You've got to pick one specific. Well, I'd, I'd pick Roy Batty. That's, that's, I don't even have to think of it. Roy Batty. Um, Ash from Alien. Oh, okay. I think he's a good choice. I don't think he would necessarily come up mostly, but I think he's ace because he's quite mm-hmm. terrifying. But at the same time, you never really get to learn more about him. Yeah. That's my only real snag with Alien, is that it's a very interesting character, 
that isn't really truly revealed till later on and you kind of feel and it's good because you get a sense of mystery we've actually do get a sense of like there's something not quite right with this fella yeah but you kind of do find yourself wanting to know a little bit more about his motives and and why yeah i think i found funny about it being cast as ian home because we weren't born when the film came out or if we were we were like babies um, but Ian Holm to us is like the dad out of the followers and you know what I mean he's like he's like this really homely lovely dad character so the first time you watched the film like I did when I was like older and I knew the kind of actor and the, the parts he played I was like oh yeah he's the android dude and then when he gets a bit arsy with them you're a bit like oh okay because um, <laughs> you're too young to realize the connection between like people playing parts and things you just right. you form an opinion of somebody from what you've seen them do before and then the next minute when he's like he's been shitty about the quarantine and you're just like what why would you do that that's insane and then the next minute when he goes crazy and you're just like what so for me it was probably one of the first times when a, a beloved actor it played a bad part and it's part of your toll it's part of life education I think sometimes when you look back when you were younger and, and uh, the image you perceive of people because you're a kid and what you see them as and then when you see them doing something else and I think film and cinema and theatre kind of uh, gives you that thing when you're when you're a child you have beloved actors etc but then when you're an, a bit older and you see them do something else and you're like what what, what? and it's just this a massive crazy thing that you just didn't expect it's insane and I I always remember that when you get that new feeling about and you're like what it's a falsehood of, of being an actor I guess isn't it it's strange I have that in reverse with Angelica Houston so <laughs> when I was a kid I saw her in the, the Michael Jackson 3D movie Captain EO as, as this sort of alien queen thing and it scared the shit out of me as a kid I've never seen that thank god yeah it's 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 probably terrible now but as like a sensation it was absolutely terrifying because <laughs> um, she just seemed like this monstrous alien queen. And then obviously she was in The Witches as well and it's terrifying in that. So I had in my head this idea of Angelica Houston just being this monstrous woman, this like just bringer of death and evil. <laughs> and then I see her in other things and she's actually quite charming and funny and I'm just like, what? Just sort of just changed my whole framing of who this person is and who this person like was at that point. I'll just pick one more. Um, oh, why? That's not your full list. I want to, I want to hear everything. Well, there's on not list. too many more, but the next one I've got is Johnny Camp out of Total Recall. Oh, that's a good deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. That's say, a fun one. He's awesome. Yeah, that's a absolutely fun. terrifying. Yeah, I think it probably only makes up maybe five minutes in the film, if that. Right. But it's just like there's just a sea of these Johnny Cabs, all with like the same guy in it, who's obviously got some kind of personality because he goes mental, mm-hmm. you know, when he's not getting paid. Yeah. And then drives himself into a wall and explodes. But still, he's absolutely terrifying. And it just seems so scary that there'd be all these Johnny Cabs out there that have got some kind of AI routine with a bit of personality that any moment, if they get upset, could do something scary and bizarre. Right. And, and that's a big part of the construct of, of that world of people getting from A to B is being in this sort of almost yep. bipolar, maniacal machine. Yeah, because you also think, did it, did it really happen? Mm-hmm. It's based on a book, you know, the, the book's called, I think it's We Can Remember for You Wholesale. Wholesale, yeah. Yeah. 
So you don't know if it even happened, if any of it even happened. So maybe that was all just part of the strange dream that I was having that I paid for, unfortunately. So it, may, it might even happen. Johnny Cab could be like a nice guy. It doesn't have feelings, but I, I'm always going to wonder what, what about that question. Whether You're it's always going to wonder about Johnny Cab. Yeah. That's a good poll. Yeah, I would never what have thought to have gone with Yeah, I would never have thought to have gone with that. That's really good. Uh, I've got Taz, Case and Kip from Interstellar. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, our dogs are obviously called Taz, Case and Kip. And the only other ones that I've got on, that, on my list are the Borg. Oh, shit, yeah. This is the only one I also have on my list out of Ooh. everything you've said. Really? That's the only one match that we have. I'm impressed. The Borg are just terrifying. Yeah. Like, I thought they were terrifying in the Next Generation episodes. Mm-hmm. However, the film, First Contact, I remember when I first saw that, that was actually quite scary. There's, there's a scene when they open one of the doors and the room's pitch black and all of a sudden all their red lasers come on like they've got from their eyes. And it was just yeah. absolutely terrifying. They're just yeah. bog and just inescapable and they never stop and you can't right. actually kill them. It's just horrible. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about Sentinels. They're just... Yeah. Relentless. Relentless, yeah. Without any kind work. of personality or anything. They're just, they're, they're just drones. Literally, that's what they're called. They're just drones. Yeah. They have no other target apart from to just kill and, and produce more and that's it. That is that's a good pick. I, I, I'd completely overlook box. That's a good list. That's a really good list. Some deep cuts. Thank you. Great list. Very deep cuts. I did Very try. It's amazing. Yeah. Tried to, um, I tried to not go through. I'd, I'd love to have gone for things like D3PO and R2D2, etc. But I thought they'll get lots of time in the sun and these people deserve some too. Uh, you could easily pull up an R2D2. Everyone loves R2. There's nothing wrong with that. No, and why wouldn't you? Everybody, you know, it's just a charming little robot personified. Exactly. Oh, there's lots of robots like that. I just wanted to give a, a shout out to the little guys. All right, Pamela, let's uh, let's move over to your mind map and your list of robots. What have you got? And how did you even? How is like? I'm just going to let you explain how you've worked this. So, um, when I thought about movie robots, the first thing, honestly, the first thing that came to my head was real steel. That's the Hugh Jackman boxing movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So Good movie. It's a movie I really enjoyed. You I really enjoyed the movie. Wholesome kids movies. It was ace. It made me cry. I loved it. I watched it. Um, it's an innocent, good, fun movie. Yeah, I watched it in 2011 when um, I was flying to Boston with my best friend to go for a trip to Boston. We were flying in business class. So I'm lying back in my business class seat, drinking my champagne, watching Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. And it was the first time I'd ever seen it. Um, and all I could think was how much my mum would love it. <laughs> it's such a good, well, well, robot boxing. Mm, but yeah, technically it's such a feel-good film. But honestly, I really love this subject to think about, like favourite movie robots. But and Real Steel was the first thing I thought of. How bizarre is that? Yeah, Real Steel is awesome So I love that thing. But then that movie straight into thinking about Wally and E. And how like obviously beautiful they are. Like that's just amazing. But mm-hmm. then as soon as I thought of real steel and Wally, obviously there's what we would dim- say are bad robots in real steel, but they're not really because they're just boxing robots. They don't have a choice. But then I was like, oh man, I'm picking like good robots all the time. And then I've never I don't think I've ever watched the Iron Giant, but that made made me think about Ready Player One because the Iron Giant is Ready Player One. Um, So H builds her own, in the movie, not the book, builds her own um, 
uh, Orion Giant. Um, but then the other robot that I thought of next was one that's gone through my whole childhood watching the original series and sins uh, was um, Lost in Space. Danger Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson. So like the robot from Lost in Space. But did you know that the robot from Lost in Space is called M3B9 Gunter? And Gunter is the name of people who are egg hunters in, in Ready Player One. Ready Player One. And the Iron Giant is also in Ready Player One. So I was like, that's fascinating. That made me happy. But then I was like, <laughs> well, you're a robot. So then I thought about, well, Iron Man, really? He's a robot because his suit's a robot. He's not, but his suit is. Um, so, but then I got thinking about, well, if Iron Man's a robot, then Buzz Lightyear's a robot in Toy Story. I see. I was going to give you Iron Man because the suit can operate on its own, but I might have to. I might have to pull a, a decision so on Buzz Lightyear. Everything on my list right now is good robots. Well, what about bad robots? But then good versus bad robots segued into controlled versus self-aware robots that then then segued into Terminator and Skynet. Mm -hmm. Which is looming. Obviously, with artificial intelligence, on the one hand, with Terminator being really bad, but then I I thought about Stepford Wives, because in the movie Stepford Wives, um, the women are made to be robots. So then I thought, well, actually, we're talking about true robots or humans who act like they're robots because they're just morons. And then I got a little bit in deep about the subject. Um, so then I moved on to, oh, my God, Superman 2. Do you remember Superman 2 when that woman gets sucked into the robot and it, like, comes around and sticks stuff on her chest and her face and she walks out and she's a robot too? That always terrified me when I was a child. I can't remember that. Superman 2, the one with Gene Hackman and um, Richard... Oh, it's three. Two, two's the one with um, Zed. Oh, oh two's the one with Yeah, sorry. Superman 3. When they end up, they're in a mountain somewhere, and it's Gene Hackman and this woman, and she gets sucked into the computer, and the computer sticks computer stuff all over, and she walks out, and she's a robot. That always terrified me as a child. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it was so terrifying. She turned into basically a Borg, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, it is quite terrifying. <laughs> oh, no, we'll move over, actually. Because then I started thinking, well, wait a minute, I love sci-fi, so why have I not talked about this already? So I was like, well, Star Trek is obviously robots with the Borg and cybernetic species. But then I was like, wait a minute, let's go back to my favourite thing of all time, Star Wars. So obviously we've got my favourite R2-D2. I don't care what you say, mm-hmm. but my favourite no, R2-D2. C-3PO, B-8, K-2SO, General Grievous, and then... Um, in the Han Solo movie, L337, whose name is actually um, the common underground online Leet. euphemism, Leet, because, yeah. Leet skills, brah. Leet, yeah, like, seriously, that's, how they, that's why they named it L337, which is so mm. cool. Uh, but she got integrated into the Millennium Falcon. She did. So the M- Millennium Falcon's a super cool robot too, because she is the Millennium Falcon. But then I thought, well, you integrate a robot into a computer. <laughs> well, well, the Star Trek computer, therefore, is a robot. So Gene Roddenberry's wife, therefore, is the voice of the Star, uh, Star Trek computer. But then Skynet is a, a robot too. And that, that was my mind map right there. So it went from... Real Steel and Wally to Skynet and Marge, Marge, what's her face, Dean Roddenberry's wife. 
I that is quite the journey that you went on. I really enjoyed it actually as well. As, as I was thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute. Because people are robots. Some people are robots. Yeah, but then the robots, robots under our control, AI robots, every, oh, everything. That yeah, I really didn't think about that was, this. That was very impressive. So my list, like Armando's, as in, I didn't list my favourite robots. It was just the, my, my map of how robots are. No, but that's good because it gives you a good sort of look at the spectrum of how the idea of, of robots and robotic behaviour has been integrated in different ways. You know, and I like the fact that you've started with a, a personal memory, which is very human, and then you've gone all the way to the far end in in the terms of integration of a human into robot landscape. Maybe where we're heading in the future. Oh you know, my God! Monday. How was the, how was the levels of depth on that for you there? It was, that was pretty pretty deep in places. Huh? It was it was it was it was very good. It was very interesting. I'd argue some of them were AI, but that's not a bad. Thing. Yeah, but what have I written here? Good versus bad, um, controlled versus self-aware. Yeah, good point. Very yeah. good point. And, and that's the thing. For me, I wrote, I wrote down Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I, 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 have to, I have to argue with that. Is the robot, do you know what I mean? But is he, uh, but, I mean, he's a toy. No, but I'm trying to say, like... You can argue that they were all robots. Line. Have you seen the movie? He can walk and talk and function like a human. Yes. Um, <laughs> But where do you draw the line between what our interpretation of a robot is or isn't? Like, you've got Buzz Lightyear here and you've got T2 here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They are, like, yeah. one, one of you... <laughs> hang on, hang on. Are you, are you drawing a comparison between Buzz Lightyear and the T-1000? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it. It's like, yeah, they're both robots. They're both robots, really. One thing, one is... Okay. <laughs> technically. Okay. Uh, technically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with yes, yeah. yeah you're going with yeah. yes because it's yeah, yeah, it's a safer option. Yeah, I've been written down Iron Man suit, or when we said that, but still, no, surely, say what is a robot? You would say that that it's a high tech prosthetic, yeah, I know, but still, if you can perform on itself, but that's why it's fascinating, and it's favorite true that they can actually perform by themselves. But if I had to pick my favorite robot in a movie. Mm-hmm. I know it's really cheesy, and everyone would go, oh, oh wow, you're very original. Because I've read so many books, and R2-D2 is such a good character. So my appreciation of him isn't from movies, it's from the book. Okay. I hate C-3PO, hate him. He's as irritating in real life as he is in the movies. So. <laughs> in real life? I was going to say. What do you that. mean in the books? Sorry, right? I was going to say. Yeah, which is real life. Why not? Well, if you read a book, you, the irritation is based entirely on what you read in the book. So it's real. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll go with Roy Batty's Bean Man. As your all-time favourite. Why not? I want to pull out a couple from your mind map um, that I've got on my list, which I'm really pleased were included there. I'm glad you got K2SO in there. Because for me, oh, that is one of the most personal robots slash droids i've seen in some time i just love the sass and the sarcasm yeah sarcasm yeah there is a real human integration and it's one of the standout characters in that film for me totally yeah Yeah, without doubt the crazy thing is about him as well a lot of people say um l3 what's her name oh phoebe Waller-Bridge. they say like she she brought life to so it was characters like had never been done before type thing and was a standard character. And don't get it wrong, she was ace, but um Alan Tudyk as as um K two 
Oh, it was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. I love Alan Tudyk. Like, love um, everything he's been in. What's that thing? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. No, not that one. The <laughs> spaceship one. Uh, Serenity. The Serenity stuff. Love Alan Tudyk. Did not notice him at all. I think he's a great actor. But K2 was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, and how he had, like... R2-D2 and C-3PO are so trusting and lovely all the time, but K- with Jin, K2 was just, like, tra- terribly the whole way through things. He was literally like, I don't trust you at all. I love Cassian, and you can just go away. Absolutely brilliant. And But then when he gave his life, oh, that was the one of, like, that was so emotional, wasn't it? When it he, was. When he died to protect them. Yeah, and then you know that, like, he'd accepted her, and how and then you get a feeling for droids and how they can, like, feel for people i think that's why i love r2d2 so much because mm-hmm. i've read the books and he's part of the family type thing yeah i think i think one of the reasons and, and it's totally legit that r2 is your favorite robot because of his behavior i mean not only is he like incredibly adorable with his beep boops and his his general motions but it's his actions it's what he does for the people he cares about which makes and k2 does that as well he does it for Cassian all the way through the film doesn't he he does I'm also glad you pulled up Iron Giant as well. I just watched that recently for the first time. It's such a wonderful film. It works as a kid's film, but it also works just as a film as well. And what's really interesting about it, and I read about this afterwards, is that Brad Bird, the the writer and director of it, he wrote it partly as a response to his sister's um, murder. She was killed by her husband in in an incident with a gun. She was shot to death. Oh, wow. And he wrote it as as a... thing for her like a memorial thing to her and he kind of wanted to probe the idea of what if a gun had a sentient sense about it what if it like a gun had a soul like what if a weapon knew what it was capable of doing and could stop itself wow so yeah but just outside of that just as a as a whole as a film it's fantastic and that character doesn't doesn't have great interaction that much interaction doesn't speak that much but just the mannerisms and again the behavior that they they do for the the human counterpart just makes you really drawn to them. All right, there you go. Awesome. Um, Robert, I don't think I have any on my list that hasn't been mentioned. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Johnny Five, Wally, Eve, T eight hundred, original Terminator. See, no, that's a good shout. You know, again, absolutely terrifying. But then in every film after, either nice and humanized or awful. Mm-hmm. but awful as a character and as an old man is that in the latest one um the latest one's actually not terrible i'm trying to remember the latest one what terminator film it's terminator because he, he is in there right yeah he, he, yes he the that. latest one's not not terrible no um, actually you know what it's not what's bad. it called it's not genesis is it um oh. like revelation <laughs> okay what it's called but you know something it's not a terrible film at all it's not that's all right. It's not a bad film at all. It's definitely worth a watch. Again, it comes down to that thing of people being predisposed to not like something because it's different or because it tarnishes something else right. they love for some odd reason. It's just a good yeah. film to watch and enjoy, and that's it. The funny thing in, in that sense is some people get really mad if it's a direct copy of it and it's just like, oh, well, it's whatever. It's just the same as before. Or if they differ from it, people are just like, oh, it's not. It's really good. The whole scene on the freeway where there's a big massive fight that you could mirror back to Deadpool, so therefore it's not as funny. But um, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't really worry about it. 
It's a good. It's definitely a good film. You can just watch it as its own thing and enjoy it. You don't have to think about it upsetting other Terminator fans or anything. It's just an enjoyable film. Again, why would you have less of something? Just because they made that doesn't necessarily mean it stopped them from making anything else. Yeah, we it's always accidentally made. We do approach movies that way, don't we? Yeah, you just watch it as its own thing, and that's yeah. it. We just go to the movie, we'll watch it. It doesn't have to change the world. It doesn't have to be the best movie ever. It can just be a good way to spend a couple of hours enjoying a film, and that's it. And if it's part of a franchise that you genuinely care about, it's not going to erase. Yeah, exactly, you've already got that buy-in. It doesn't have to hurt the other things. Mm. The other things still exist. They're independent. See, Terminator is a great example because I, I I remember watching the third one, and then I think I saw about ten minutes of, of Genesis where they they try and repeat I think the first scene from the yeah, first yeah, movie, yeah. and I switched it off because I was like I'm just I'm not feeling this, and that's fine. It's yeah. there for someone else. I've still got one and two, and that's all I, I need. Yeah, I, I like Salvation. Not many people like it. But I I don't dislike Salvation at all. I actually think is that the Christian Bale one. Yeah, I actually think it's a decent film. Was different. That's the thing. It's it's not. It's it, it's looking at the roots of of the world that came to be. I guess okay. it's a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. We'll go and give most things a chance, won't we? Yeah, and if we don't like, we don't like them. But we certainly don't hate everything else that's attached to them. Or you don't see any them any less of something you like. It's not degraded having watched that. It's just having the presence of mind to separate it. Exactly. So there we go. I just want to say a big thank you and a shout out to the Armalace for providing that deep dive into the world of cinematic robots, favourite movie droids and automatons throughout the years. As I said at the top of the show, some really interesting deep cuts. And Pamela took the conversation somewhere I didn't expect it to go. What actually is a robot? What can we consider a robot? Are we considering robotic behaviour from humans? Yeah. One to really think about. Although I will say, still not convinced I would class Buzz Lightyear as a robot. Still having a little bit of difficulty with that one. But um, yeah, some great examples of fantastic movie robots throughout the years. What is yours though? As I also said at the top of the show, if you want to get involved, you want to let me know what your all-time singular favourite movie robot is, then I want to know. Get in touch with me via Twitter at I am Mal Foster. Let me know what is your favourite, favourite movie robot of all time. I'm also really pleased that we got into the topic of movie reboots as well, because obviously it's been a hot topic for a number of years. Obviously it's still a big part of the assembly line from many studios, you know, the, the idea of just taking an old movie franchise that worked and either starting from scratch or adding to the mythology. And, you know, it's always, always going to have detractors. It's always going to piss people off. No matter what property someone picks up and adapts or evolves or attempts to remake, redo, reboot, whatever it is, it's always going to grind somebody's gears. But, you know, as we pointed out, and as you probably already know and are already thinking and are already on the same train of thought, it doesn't erase the original. If you really are against the idea of a movie being remade, just don't go and see it. It's that easy. It's that simple. And 
if you do see it, if you go against that rule of thumb and your better judgement and you don't like it, if the reboot, the remake, the reimagining of one of your all-time favourites is kind of shit, then guess what? It's okay. It's all right. You know, it's all right not to like it. Because you still have the thing that you love. That's what matters. And just because you didn't like it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. I mean, I couldn't stand Batman vs Superman. But somebody out there likes it. I don't know why. But somebody out there likes it. And that... That's a good thing. And on that note... That about does it for this week's episode. It was an absolute blast to make, talking about something really cool, something really fun. Hopefully you guys found it a lot of fun too. If you did, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to help out the show and you want to make sure that you never miss another episode in the future, then the best way you can do both of those things simultaneously is by subscribing to Dimed Out wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to go the extra mile, you want to help us with the internet mechanics, all the the sort of digitry, digitry? I don't even know what that is. But sure, let's go with it, digitry. If you want to help out with the digitry, the internet magic, all of the AI governs, all of the, the stuff that Skynet is taking in, processing and using to create a database of who to terminate first, then uh, yeah, you can do so. <laughs> Why would anyone want to do anything that's going to help that? It's not. As far as I know, subscribing and giving Dimed Out a rating and a review is not contributing to the mass collection of data that Skynet is going to use to wipe out humanity. I'm pretty sure that's not what is happening. So, yeah, feel safe to subscribe to us. Feel safe to give us a rating and a review. I can't promise that it's not going to happen, but I'm pretty sure that it isn't. Yeah, pretty sure. As always, I don't want you to just be a passive listener. I want you to be an active member of the gang. I want you to be a dimer. And the best way you can be a dimer, the best way to get involved is to visit the website, dime-out.com. You can find out all the episodes there. Find out. Find all the episodes there and find out some stuff. Um, more than I probably know right at this moment. But yeah, plenty of stuff on the website, little YouTube shorts, stuff for the blog. Plenty of additional little treats over there. That's a good way to get yourself involved. Uh, yeah, so do it. Get involved. Shout out stuff. <laughs> Let me know what you want to hear from the show in the future, what you've enjoyed, your favourite robot, as we talked about earlier. Get in touch via Twitter. I am Mal Foster is where you can find me. And uh, yeah, those are all great ways in which you can help the show out. For next week, I honestly don't know what is coming next week. I am not that far ahead. Something pretty cool, though, I think. Maybe something wicked. Who knows? Maybe something that may change your life. Probably won't. But you know, it's always good to be optimistic. Anyway, something is coming next week. Don't know what it is yet, but it's um, kind of like the lucky dip of podcasts, one of those gift bags that you used to get at your local sort of news agents for like a quid, but it was usually just full of like really crap sweets. It's going to be better than that. It's going to be better than a lucky bag. I can tell you that for sure. That I can guarantee. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what you've got coming next week. Something. Until something does arrive, look after yourselves, look after each other, and until next time, 
keep it dined out.